What is your life purpose? If you've ever had trouble answering this question, maybe ChatGPT can help. Today, I'm bringing you a very special episode that's pulled from our private BFF community. Part of that community involves a discussion forum so you can brilliant sparter with fellow heart-based business owners. And part of it is a private podcast feed where I release bonus content like this once a month, in addition to our Q&A call recording that also goes out to the private feed. This is a favorite recent episode that I hope you enjoy. It is 10 plus of my favorite prompts for creative business owners that I've been experimenting with in ChatGPT and even a few in mid-journey. Hint, hint, if you can see the episode art for this one, it's a little different than before and you'll hear why when you listen in. If you enjoy this content and you want to be part of the community and bad ideas like this around, get feedback on what you're working on, I would love for you to join us. Just visit itsfreetime.com slash BFF and enter promo code podcast at checkout. That's itsfreetime.com slash BFF, promo code podcast. As always, I would love to hear from you. What's been working best lately? What creative experiments have you tried? If you happen to be listening to this on Spotify, you can even answer the question prompt for this episode in the comments below when you're on this episode's show notes page. You'll hear me share in this episode that when I went to the TED conference recently, I put on my badge, we all had a prompt that said, ask me about dot, dot, dot. And I said, let's swap favorite GPT experiments because it is so fun and it's so powerful once you really start to play around with this stuff. Even if you don't regularly listen on Spotify, that is now one way that we can all crowdsource together for episodes like this one. So no matter where you're listening, no matter which podcast player, go open Spotify as well, find this episode, leave me a comment, and hey, if you'd be so kind, even leaving a rating for the show in Spotify would just be a super bonus. Without further ado, let's get into these latest, greatest favorite prompts. This is your time. How can we earn twice as much in half the time with joy and ease while serving the highest good? That is our guiding question here at the Free Time Cafe, your home for heart-based business. I'm your host, Jenny Blake. Join me for conversations with authors, friends, and fellow business owners as we explore ways to free your mind, time, and team to do your best work. Now, on to today's show. Hello, hello, besties. I'm excited to be bringing you this month's bonus on my favorite chat GPT prompts for creatives and business owners so far. Now, for some of you, just me saying that is going to give you hives. What's all the hype? Or maybe you've seen too much about it. Some of you may already be experimenting, but I encourage you, if you're still feeling skeptical about all this, it doesn't hurt to try it out. You might just be delighted. I just got back from the TED conference. This was my second time attending I first registered in 2019, and I was supposed to attend in April 2020. We know what happened. So that year of the conference got postponed two years into the future to 2022. And then just this past year, 2023, I went again. They give us an opportunity to put a conversation starter on our badges, our lanyard that we wear around our neck. At the bottom of the card, it says, ask me about. And I had put, let's swap favorite GPT experiments. I love talking about this, and it really opened me up to talking to other people, too, and swapping what have you tried, what's been working best, what's most interesting. So much of TED this past year was all about AI. Do we love it, hate it, fear it, embrace it? How can we enhance it? 
Where is it going? How can we keep up? All these big questions. And there was probably one talk each session, if not more, that had to do directly with AI. Of the five days of the conference, there's usually blocks of sessions of TED Talks, anywhere from a six-minute talk to a 15-minute. And probably throughout the week, we saw at least 100 talks. My friend Alyssa doesn't go to any talks at all because she thinks the real action is happening outside of sitting in the session where you have to be quiet. And I tend to agree with her. So I spent a lot more time on the outside this year, walking in circles around this conference center. But in any case, let's get into some of these strategies because all of these made the list because they have sparked joy in some way or another. So this bonus episode is a combination of things that I learned from other people, including some of the actual TED Talks that I got to see in person and experiments that even Michael and I have been trying here on the home front. Number one, if you have seen Big Door Prize on Apple TV, there is this machine, this mysterious machine that spits out a card with one maximum two words that tells the person who's playing the game what their life purpose is. After we were watching, Michael and I put into ChatGPT, I gave it a few keywords because I have a pretty common name. I said, what is the life purpose of author and podcaster Jenny Blake? And it spit back out, empowerment catalyst. Now, I think that sounds a little Tony Robbins-ish. It's a little too far on the motivational speaker realm than I feel comfortable, but I'm sitting with it. For Michael, when we put a few keywords about him being an artist, his first and last name, it spit out boundless creativity, which is very apropos for him because he's always dreaming, inventing things, experimenting with things. He's not always painting with physical paint and large canvases. He's often doing art that's digital. He's been experimenting with mid-journey. So we got a kick out of that, asking, what is my life purpose? The second one comes from my friend Jonathan Fields, who had the brilliant idea to ask ChatGPT to create a voice style guide for him. Now, some of this depends on you having writing out there. He's had a blog for many, many years. He has two podcasts, but I'm pretty sure it can crawl your LinkedIn page, social media, all kinds of things. So if you give it a few keywords to differentiate who you uniquely are, it's pretty incredible what comes back out. My prompt for this was, write a voice style guide for Jenny Blake, author and podcaster. And I gave it some clues. Her books are Life After College, Pivot and Free Time. Her podcasts are Pivot and Free Time. It came back with a multi-pronged voice style guide. Number one, overview. Now, this is kind of generic, but it says, as a content creator, it's important to maintain a consistent voice that resonates with the audience and aligns with the personal brand. This voice style guide outlines the key elements of Jenny Blake's voice to be used in all content production, including books, podcasts, blog posts, and social media. Now in section two, tone, four points, conversational, enthusiastic, empowering, and inclusive. For each one of those, it gave an explanation. So conversational, Jenny's voice should feel like a friendly conversation between peers. It should be relatable, engaging, and easy to understand. This approach will make the content more enjoyable for the audience and help them connect with Jenny on a personal level. Really funny. Enthusiastic. Her voice should convey her excitement and genuine interest in her audience's success. (laughs) It's just really funny. Empowering. Her content aims to inspire and motivate her audience to take charge of their lives and make positive changes. Her voice should encourage readers and listeners to believe in themselves and their potential. Point three of this voice style guide, language. And there's four sub points clear and concise, actionable, positive, and personal. Now, 
this is pretty wild. And each of those has a description. I won't read it all out loud to you. When I do brand strategy exercises, those are often the things that I'm saying. I want to be clear, ultra tactical and practical, relatable and inspirational. As in, I don't want to just inspire you to make changes and then leave you hanging. I would rather inspire you, give you a simple system or process to do that, and then give you practical, tactical next steps to get started. And I've always said that. That's been clear across so much of what I've done. Section four, specific vocabulary and phrases. Use terms like pivot, career change, work-life balance, blah, productivity, mindfulness. Those aren't so great. This would need to be updated. Section five, writing and speaking style. There's five subpoints here. Write and speak in the first person to create a more personal connection with the audience. Yes. Two, use contractions and colloquial expressions to maintain a conversational tone. Three, break complex ideas down into simpler, more digestible parts to ensure clarity. Yes. Four, use lists, bullet points, and subheadings in written content to improve readability. Absolutely. Five, in podcast interviews, ask open-ended questions and encourage guests to share their experiences and insights. And then the last section of this style guide, which was all produced in two minutes, is social media presence. I was just talking about post regularly, share personal stories, share curated content, engage with followers. I didn't get the fact that I'm not even on social media, but that's okay. We're going to give it a pass. This is just the first attempt. So then in this same thread with ChatGPT or GBT4 technically in this case, I wrote back and I said, what are her brand emoji? A balance scale symbolizing mindfulness, finding harmony between personal and professional life. A seedling represents personal growth, self-improvement, and embracing change. A blue book represents her authored books and her dedication to sharing knowledge and expertise. Microphone represents her podcast, speaking engagements, and sharing her message. Sparkles symbolizes inspiration, motivation, and empowering others. Those are great. Those aren't my most joyful brand emoji. Stephanie Houston, when she was helping me launch the free time book, she put together a manager manual for the social media efforts that she and her team helped do during the launch to have it be a fun launch. So I learned from her that she had noted what were the brand emoji that would be kind of accepted and more aligned with my visual voice and the voice of my brand as they were posting on my behalf, always saying that they were themselves. I never wanted them to pretend that they were me. But some of my favorite emoji are the flying money icon that's part of the brand inspiration for the free time icons and imagery that you see. The heart, of course. I love the party emoji that's also consistent with the free time brand. The nerd emoji, duh, and prayer hands. So I asked GPT, please expand that emoji list to include those emoji. And it did. And then it wrote a little description for those. Folded hands symbolizes gratitude, humility, and appreciation for her audience's support and engagement. So true. The heart represents love, passion, and genuine care for her audience and their personal journeys. Money with wings represents financial freedom. Yes. Smart money management and the potential for financial growth through career pivots and self-improvement. I love nerd face, represents curiosity, continuous learning, and embracing one's inner nerd for personal and professional growth. Yes, party popper symbolizes celebration, success, and milestones achieved by her audience in their personal and professional lives. You can see that some of the language is generic, but it definitely gives a head start. This got me in a groove, so I replied again, write a summary of Jenny Blake's writing style based on Amazon and Goodreads reviews for her three books. That was fascinating. And then write a summary of Jenny Blake's unique personality and approach to podcasting based on reviews for her two shows and even topics from the show archives. 
What I was trying to get at here are maybe there are some themes that I haven't even put words to, but that GPT-4 could sense from searching all the reviews for the books, for the podcasts, and it could bring some stuff back to me that maybe I wouldn't have put as succinctly. So it gave me a seven-point summary of what it saw as being unique for my two shows. And then, just as I do in regular coaching, I wrote back and I said, what else? And it spit out five more very detailed points, almost a page of text. We always say that cliche, you can't read the label from inside the jar. Well, now with the help of GPT and generative AI, you get some help reading the label from outside the jar. I said, what do Jenny Blake's three books have in common? Because with GPT, you can continue the conversation. So this is all in the same morning that I was experimenting. And I'm just trying to keep fleshing out this voice style guide. So I asked what the books have in common. I asked what do the two podcasts have in common. (laughs) And then I asked what makes Jenny's podcast stand out in a sea of four million shows. And it gave me an eight point reply. And then I said, what could Jenny do next to stay ahead of the curve? Now, this is pretty generic, but I was just curious. And it gave me an eight point plan. This was kind of a generic answer, but, you know, just wanted to see what it would say. It's silly. It's things like leverage emerging technologies, offer online courses or workshops. It's all very, very generic. The next thing that I tried, so this is technically number three, even though I just gave you like seven or eight sub questions under voice style guide, is a sales document. This was really interesting. So I said, make the case for why Pivot IP has a competitive moat around it for career development licensing to companies. And it gave me a really incredible description. I mean, there is a lot out there, but I was so impressed. It started with a little intro. It said Jenny Blake's Pivot Programs, which license her intellectual property to prominent companies, possess a moat around them due to several key factors that make them best in class and difficult for competitors to match. These factors include, and for each it wrote a paragraph of text across seven subpoints: unique methodology, credibility and reputation, high-profile clients, scalability and adaptability, strong community and network, ongoing innovation and content development, and brand equity. Pretty impressive. This is a page of text in two minutes, helping me create sales copy for these pivot programs. It writes, in conclusion, the unique methodology, credibility, high-profile clients, scalability, adaptability, strong community, ongoing innovation, and brand equity all contribute to the moat around Jenny Blake's pivot programs. This makes them best in class and nearly impossible for a competitor to match, securing their position as a leading solution in the career development and personal growth market. This is also a great document that I could give to somebody who would be helping me sell pivot programs and having exploratory and sales-related conversations. Even if I didn't post it publicly, it's super valuable. Leveraging GPT-4 to help you create sales copy could be really powerful. And I know people are also using it already to try to draft sales pages or sales emails. I actually think writing sales emails would be the most difficult because that's where your personality and storytelling are going to be so much more powerful. We'll be right back just after this. The next one I talked about in our last bonus, the first one that I did on GPT-4, this is pretty straightforward, but it's really good at drafting things like show notes and social shares, headline options. So let's say I record a solo podcast episode, even like this one, I could copy and paste the transcript in and say, draft a one-page show notes or draft 500-word show notes. 
or in Notion. Notion has an AI feature too. You can even write within the page where I might be drafting this episode, say, create a summary. For social shares, once a podcast goes live, you can say, please generate 10 social shares from this podcast episode and put the link. You could say, please generate 20 headline options for this episode. You could even say, can you draft the email that will go to our guests telling them this episode is live? You could have it come up with interview questions for your guest, as I did on Pivot episode 321 with Kevin Kelly. He thinks we all have access now to this universal intern. It's not the most sophisticated employee, in quotes, that we will ever work with, but it definitely helps us not have to start from scratch and get a head start on all kinds of things. I saw a Zapier article that you could get GPT-4 to draft three potential replies to an email. So let's say you or someone on your team is working on customer support, and there's a more complex email that comes in. Now, the Zapier article was saying how to automate this, of course, because it's Zapier. By labeling it in Gmail, you create a label like GPT, or I use the at sign, at GPT. And then if you tag that Gmail message as chat GPT, then it automatically sends a prompt that you designate in advance to chat GPT. And then the prompt asks it to generate three responses. And it doesn't have to be three, but then those would be saved as the draft. Now, I couldn't get this app to work because I think I was trying it on my personal Gmail. I don't know if it would work better if you tried it on a Apps for Business account. The prompt is something like, please generate three warm, friendly email responses, three to five sentences each in U.S. English based on this subject line, copy paste that in, and the following message. You might not use those replies verbatim, but again, it just helps you not have to start from scratch if there's an email in your inbox that you've been procrastinating on. The next strategy, content planning. I was mentioning all the things you can do after you draft a piece of content, like headline generation, social shares, but I've actually been using it a lot more going into creating a piece of content. Let's say I'm going to record an episode, as there is one coming up, on the Cobra Effect, this fascinating concept about perverse incentives and loopholes, that if there is a loophole, it will be exploited. And I just thought the Cobra Effect, it sounds so interesting and it also relates to my fascination with the invasive Burmese python population in the Florida Everglades. Don't ask me why, but this is one where I might say, provide 10 quotes from business leaders about perverse incentives, or give me 10 statistics about incentives gone wrong in a business setting. You could ask it to cite research studies. You can even ask it to create case studies for that topic and your specific audience. So sometimes I've asked GPT to Write five case studies about small online business owners who struggle with goal setting, let's say. Now, I don't do a lot of goal setting, but you could see how the more specific you can make your prompt, it will then come back to you with very specific case studies. The reason I designate online business owners is I was finding it was giving me examples of an auto body repair shop or a bakery, things that I don't quite think are as relevant to those of you who are here and listening. And so that's why I've started to say small online business owners who struggle with whatever the topic is that I'm talking about that day, or who successfully navigated a challenge around delegation or hiring their first employee, whatever it is, then GPT can spit back out five case studies and you might not use them verbatim. Again, that's not really the point. This isn't about replacing ourselves or replacing our thinking, but it can spark ideas. I think of it kind of like a collaboration buddy. 
in terms of sourcing quotes, let's say the first 10 quotes are really cliche. Like, I don't like quoting things that I feel are just so overquoted. <laughs> like, how many people need to quote Warren Buffett every day? I know he's a genius and Charlie Munger, but oh my gosh, I get tired of seeing the same two people quoted all the time everywhere. So whatever the first quotes that come back, you could say, give me five more, give me 10 more. Statistics, same thing. So it's just a way to very quickly get some information that can help round out a piece of content that you're working on. The next strategy came from a conversation at TED. We were getting coffee in the morning. Somebody saw the prompt on my badge. And he said that they heard of somebody who was in a tricky negotiation, that if you tell GPT your negotiation goal, the outcome you're trying to reach, you can ask it to draft a response with your goal in mind. I haven't tried this yet, but I think this is incredibly fascinating. So let's say you're in your sales process and you're negotiating. Maybe it's a potential licensing client and they come back to you with a kind of tricky email and a lot of requests. Well, in your prompt to GPT, you could say, here's what I'm aiming for. Here's where I would like to get. Please draft a response to this message and see what it comes up with. I mean, that is so interesting, especially for somebody like me who tends to negotiate against myself or underprice myself or give away too much. I shared in the licensing episode that I really appreciated the book Inked by Jeb Blount, who says never give leverage away for free. So I could imagine telling GPT what I would be willing to give away in response to that previous request message of the negotiation and then have it draft a response. One idea that came up at the TED conference, and I'll link to the OpenAI co-founder Greg Barkman's talk, the inside story of ChatGPT's astonishing potential, because he was showing some examples of crafting a dinner menu and having it do meal planning for like a fancy vegan dinner after the conference. And then you can click a button and it pushes the ingredients for that over to Instacart. But what I really appreciated were the interstitials at TED in between sessions. One of them was leveraging Midjourney, which is an image generator. And people were visioning about their ideal home. So you could see that the prompt would be like light-filled mid-century modern house in the forest or breezy white furniture beach house overlooking the ocean or quirky tree house that fits a family of five, you know, whatever it is, Midjourney would then create these fantastical images. Imagine if you or a coaching client has this image of living in a light-filled apartment in New York City filled with books and colorfully painted walls. What would that look like? What would it create? So Midjourney as a visioning tool is super powerful and fascinating. Building on that, another cool mid-journey prompt and experiment, my husband Michael said, let's develop a mascot for free time. The tricky thing about mid-journey, first of all, thank goodness he was sitting next to me because I would have had no clue where to start. It's essentially a Discord server. You create your account, you get to this Discord server, and then you need to give it prompts. I actually save my favorite prompts in Text Expander now. I save in a whole category called ChatGPT prompts so that with a little keyword, if I type in the keyword mid-journey, it actually gives me the format, the syntax for what I need to spit out. So I just type mid-journey and then the syntax pops out. I think you might even have to say prompt. So slash imagine prompt. You'll have to try it. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Michael and I typed in. A cool, fun, joyful cartoon mascot based on the flying money emoji. It started spitting things out. The early ones were so bad. 
Midjourney will give you four options and you choose which of the four you want to keep building on. So they do start really rough and really bad. And you can even choose which of the four you want to go with as a visual look, or do you want to further refine one of the four? So you can essentially generate four more from scratch. You could generate four more based on one of the first four, or you could generate four more that are a refinement of one of the first four. I failed at this task miserably, okay? I just don't have the visual language. And what's interesting is that Michael, who is an artist, a visual thinker, a former creative director, he was running his own branding agency back in Beirut. He was able to coach Midjourney to produce much better images. So we got one of a cute little clock with wings and heart eyes and really kind of silly. And then as he kept developing it, he got into these really almost fantasy looking, intricate, complex grandfather clocks in the clouds with wings. And one of them was in a stained glass window. Like they started to get really out there. And that was purely because of his skill in knowing how to use visual terminology and draw on the visual canon of artists or styles. Because part of Midjourney, you can say in the style of dot, dot, dot. Another way that people are using Midjourney are instead of purchasing stock photo or being limited to stock photo, you're creating what you need. So let's say you have a Substack or any kind of blog or newsletter and you want to put an image at the top. I would say it's less powerful to just say generate an image of a bookshelf. Where you start to get more playful is places like The New Yorker and The New York Times. They're often creating conceptual art to illustrate a point. So I have an article taped to the back of our front door that was a dollar sign in the shape of a big helium gold balloon that was on the cover of The New York Times magazine at one point. That's more of a conceptual piece. So you could say, create a gold helium filled balloon in the shape of something that relates to your business. Now you're getting playful with it. And now the images you're creating aren't just a replacement of stock photo, nor are they recreating an artist because there is controversy, of course, around attribution and compensation for all the art that places like Midjourney are drawing upon. You're sort of meshing thing one and thing two to create concept three that relates to a metaphor or something for whatever you're talking about. Another interesting suggestion that I heard at TED, this might have been from Greg Brockman's talk, where that you could put a list of interests into GPT and ask it to suggest potential jobs or revenue streams. As a business owner, you put in a list of your interests, things you like to do in your business, large and small, and say, what are the best revenue options for me? What revenue streams should I be considering? And if it gives you five very generic ones back, say, give me five more. What else? What else? What else? I mean, we are tapping into all of human knowledge, essentially. So even if the first ones are generic, you might be surprised at what else comes up. I had the great fun of walking around the conference center with Gina Bianchini, former guest of the Free Time podcast. Because of that podcast interview, that was the only interaction we had ever had. But I've always loved her work. I've always loved the way she thinks about business and community building. Highly recommend her community design masterclass. She's the founder of Mighty Networks and Ning before that. Long story short, because of that podcast interview, I recognized her on the first day and I said, Gina, we ended up walking around the entire week together. She just built an AI community generator for Mighty Networks, but you don't need to be a customer yet to try it out. 
the AI community generator is amazing. You give it some clues and it will help you name your community. And what she's building is that it will help you even continue with creating community prompts and community engagement. Another thing they showed at TED was uploading a CSV file and asking GPT to analyze the data. Some of these require buttons or plugins, but saying, can you make some exploratory graphs? Can you do a PNL analysis? Create a word cloud. I love that first prompt. Can you make some exploratory graphs? As in, you don't even need to know what the graphs are going to be, but you upload the data and then it could start providing interesting findings to you and patterns and putting those into graphs. Finally, something not work-related, but we had a bunch of blood work that came back from Ryder's vet visit. You can upload the blood work results and even have it analyze the results. And it will always say, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a vet. But I've had a lot of success kind of supplementing what we learned from the vet or from my own doctor's appointments saying, what is this medication? What does it do? Or I had a breathing test done at the pulmonologist and I didn't think the doctor's explanation was all that helpful. So I put it into GPT. What does this result mean? Tell me more. What else? And again, it always will give caveats. It's not a medical professional. This isn't medical advice. But it is such an interesting compliment. I'll put a bunch more links and resources in the show notes. There's one aggregation site called There's an AI for That that has every AI company, because you can imagine there's now Cambrian explosion of startups. In addition to everything else that's going on, it's this big database of all the efforts. It's honestly overwhelming. But I encourage you to try just one of these strategies something that might spark joy for you or make your life a little easier, and then report back. I would love to know what favorite GBT experiments you've been trying. Thank you so much for listening. Have a beautiful rest of your day. If you've listened this far, you get a gold star. Thank you. Word of mouth is the most joyful way we can grow this show, and it helps us land interviews with the luminaries and insightful guests that you would most love to hear from. Please send this episode to a friend who might find it helpful. And for show notes and related links from this episode, visit itsfreetime.com. While you're there, make sure you're subscribed to the Time Well Spent newsletter. You'll get instant access to my tech toolkit, a continually updated list of all the software I use, along with the total monthly spend to run my business, where no one works full-time, even me. Visit itsfreetime.com slash join. Remember, you are running the show. It's time for radical reimagining and everything is up for grabs. Let it be easy. Let it be fun and build with love.